Hey, hey, I am Chris Armfield, and I am here with my good friend, Oliver Wong. Oliver, how are you over there, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I had an Egg McMuffin for lunch. It's never too late to have a breakfast sandwich, in my opinion. Um, Highly underrated food variety is the breakfast sandwich. Uh, I'm not going to get into that because that baits me, and yeah. I don't want to get distracted. Yep. But welcome, all <laughs> podcast listeners. We are back into City Groups Foundations, and this podcast exists to really help city groups and city group leaders thrive. That's our goal. We believe they, they work. We believe they are working, and we just want to help fan the flame. Today, we're on number four of our five foundations, and we're talking about probably my favorite of the topics, hearing God's voice. Uh, that's going to be what we're talking about today, and then this will launch us into our next one, which is how do we obey what we hear, which is a lot of a challenge. So, Oliver, I noticed that you're wearing a gray cardigan, and supposedly you've taken a lot of heat for wearing this so far. Yeah, um, you definitely pushed me beyond my frontier. You had like, uh, I don't know, what, Timothy, like 40 shirts or something in the back of your trunk. You were just kind of carrying those around and being a... Uh, a, a mobile thrift store? Yeah, I was going to mm -hmm. say, like a hipster, transient thrift store. You had like music playing. It was almost like a Forever 21. I think you had a sign and like a logo. Listen... Did you pay your taxes for that, or what happened? <laughs> All I got to say is I think you look great Thanks. in that. It's uh, a great-looking well, garment. It, just, it definitely gives me, it stretches me beyond my wheelhouse, and I feel like I just feel more versatile just because I know you. Well, so thanks. speaking of versatile <laughs> and knowing me, that gives us a perfect dovetail, perfect entrance into hearing God. Because mm -hmm. I don't know if you listen to God when you put that thing on today or not. But... I'm very interested in this topic of hearing God, yeah. and I just want to jump in right away. Um, do we hear God when we put on garments like that, or and then when you say hearing God, mm -hmm. give us some context. What do you mean when we are talking on this podcast about foundations, number four or five, what do you mean when you say hearing God? What are we talking about? Yeah, well, hearing God is uh, can be a sensitive subject because it leads to all sorts of questions about, did I hear God the correct way, or what's the correct way to hear God? Um, there are lots of uh, abuses of that term for sure, but uh, on the healthy and good sides of hearing God's voice, it's just difficult to read the Bible and not see that God speaks, speaks to people, loves to speak to his people. It says that he has more thoughts than the sand on the sea for, or sand on the shore for people, and so it's hard to really avoid the idea that he intends for us to hear him as it talks about his voice and that we would hear his voice. It's just important. It's hard to argue that he doesn't speak and that he doesn't speak through people. So um, that's what we're intending to, to do on this podcast is just kind of flesh that out of not only what it looks like, but how to do it as well. Give me some examples. Um, what's some normative examples that you would give just uh, of hearing God? Yeah, well, um, I think the, the premier way that we want to hear God's voice is through his word. Um, and okay. I do believe that, you know, we understand from Timothy and other places in the Bible that it's his inerrant word and it continues to speak as though it's alive because it is alive. The, the, the word is alive, it's a two-edged sword, and it speaks to us. And so it's designed and written divinely for us to be able to talk. But I also do believe there is pre there's context within the Bible that talks about you know God using people, and in some cases a donkey, you mm. know, um, circumstances, mm. um, unctions, feelings of peace, feelings of unpeace, mm. to be able to hear the voice of God. I go back to John 10 where it, saw, where it says that, you know, um, that the people, you know, my people are like my sheep and they know me and so they're going to hear my voice, mm. you know, and they'll, they'll know who I am and who's speaking. So 
Um, the task of hearing God's voice can be maybe tenuous, can maybe cause us to struggle, can be hard, but it's worth it, and it's essential, I mm. believe, for every Christian faith. Tell me if this is what you have in mind. I'm bringing my children to school this morning. They put on a radio station. They're talking about how to know if you're dating a player, and it just just soured my whole spirit, and uh, there was a lot of laughter in the mm. car, and I just kind of was like, I wouldn't turn the channel, and I'm guessing... You know, I've heard people, I think I've even heard you talk about hearing God is, in a sense, kind of like uh, listening to a radio and changing the channel, etc. Could you, could you give us a little bit of that illustration? Maybe that'll be a help for hearing God's voice or not. Yeah, um, I do think that uh, as his children, um, uh, he, he speaks to us continually. I think the question is not, does God speak or is he speaking, especially in the context of the New Covenant, it becomes less and less of a debate. Um, you know, through the lens of the cross and through the lens of just uh, rights as a son and intimacy that he's, expect, he's giving to us, um, we are already endowed to hear his voice. The question isn't, is he speaking? The question is, are we listening? Hmm. Uh, many examples of that um, in the Bible, the one that comes to mind is the wise man, the foolish man. You know, the wise man hears the voice of God and obeys, whereas the foolish man simply doesn't. And so, yeah, I do think it's mainly the task of are we tuning in? If, there, if, if God's speaking and there's a frequency, do we have our dial into listening to that? Or are we listening to our stomach? Are we listening to the person next to us give advice or some celebrity that we're following after? Um, we have to realize there's lots of different radio channels, if you will, but are we dialed into his? That sounds like, uh, I mean, if we stay on the radio dial idea, sounds like we could hear a lot of different crazy things, potentially. And... I mean, how do, how do we know I'm dialed into the right channel? Um, I, I mean, because God's done some crazy things, and like as we might define crazy at times, like gets Moses to the Red Sea and says, I'm about to deliver you, and they should be slaughtered by their slave drivers, Pharaoh, and all these Egyptians, and then he parts the sea. That's crazy mm-hmm. to part the sea. It's crazy. But, uh, I mean, if I'm, if I'm tuning in and I hear something crazy, how do I know that's God or not? I mean, is... Is there going to be crazy things that I hear, or is it all going to be conservative radio, for lack of better words? Yeah, what yeah. You, help me out with that. Yeah, I mean, I think that it definitely is um, It is a journey. Um, I think that even, um, you know, discerning wisdom in any other area of life, whether it be finances or wisdom in terms of relationships or marriage, that takes time. It takes mm. a process to learn our spouse, to learn how to communicate well with our spouse. Similarly, how much more so with the living God, um, to, to develop, um, a connection with someone that's unseen, you know, Mm. is, is quite the task, but just because it's scary, just because it's dangerous, just because there are pitfalls and, you know, obstacles maybe to hearing God's voice, um, man, none of those things really can be too costly that we would, uh, forfeit the, the ability to hear his voice. It's just absolutely essential. Jesus says that, um, hearing the Father's voice to him is like bread. It's more important than bread. So um, I think you're exactly right. I think we have to count the cost. I think it means there's going to be pitfalls. I think if we're going to learn anything, there's going to be failures. Um, mm-hmm. If I was going to learn a language, I'm going to fail at doing it, but I have to try. It has mm-hmm. to be be not only thought about but practiced. And so, um, yeah, I think that uh, it's just one of those, just like any other powerful thing in our life. Um, it could be misused, abused, and mishandled, but... Um, but needs to be used if it's in the right context. So if I'm going to gauge your hunger to hear from God, 1 to 10 on a daily, where's your hunger at? Uh, me personally? Yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I, I've i gotten to the point uh, to where because I have, I do f- 
have felt and sensed the, the word of the Lord in my life and seen its fruition because of the qualitative nature of that fruit, I just look at the rest of my life and I just think, man, um, doing things outside of hearing God's voice, um, which doesn't bring fruit or if it does, it's only temporary fruit, is foolishness. Mm-hmm. It really does come down to it to a question of hearing God's voice, God's voice and walking in wisdom or not and walking in foolishness, just mm-hmm. like the Bible promises. So everything in my life, whether it's marriage, I could tell, if you ask me right now, I would know the word of the Lord over my marriage. I know the word of the Lord over each of my kids. I know mm-hmm. the word of the Lord over my job and over um, my friendships. And I just, I, I shudder to think, what if I didn't? What if I didn't know? And I know that um, in talking to believers of all different walks, that there are different areas or entire segments, segments of life where we're listening to secularism over the word of God. Mm. And I just think maybe it's not even just dangerous, but certainly is. Uh, ill-invested, could certainly be better invested in the Word of God. All right, well, I think I just picked up on something for your process. Uh, you said the Word of God over your marriage, over your family, friends, etc. So I'm, would we call that um, the pathway, the process, uh, guardrails, helps for when you're, like, I know I'm hearing God because it sounds like the Scriptures, the Word was an essential piece. What other, is, is that, first of all, is that what you meant by mm-hmm. the Word of God? And then are there other helps if, you know, because, like, I think I've heard some people say, like, I heard God in the wind. Mm-hmm. And, well, he spoke in the wind in the Bible. So I guess he could. Uh, it sounds like you have some, I don't know, checks and balances. Mm-hmm. What, what language would you use to help us say, like, we can hear from God. I have a hunger for God. And you mentioned the word of God. So what else is there maybe for helps or guardrails? Um, yeah, so the two things, um, just, to, just to kind of cover what we've talked about so far, we believe that hearing the word of the Lord and hearing God's voice not only... Um, through learning his word that he spoke in the Bible, but also hearing him for the now, is open, is available, is part of the Mm. salvation package, so to speak, that he purchased on the cross for us to be able to hear his Father's voice. Um, I do believe it's accessible. Um, But just just to hone in on what you're talking about there, Chris, is that, yeah, there are some practicals um, and some guardrails. The two guardrails that I have found most essential um, in hearing God's voice is, number one, the Bible. Um, and number two, community. Hmm. Um, if I am ever hearing a voice in the wind, as you said, or a flutter uh, in my chest about an idea or a job to start or, or a job to finish or whatever it is that I'm trying to discern to do, um, it has to line up with the Bible. And it has to, um, most times I should say, should and will line up with biblical community. Um, if, if, if God... Uh, is going to call me to do something and it doesn't line up with the Bible, that's a problem because God doesn't go backwards on his word. He's not mm. going to say something now that he hasn't said, you know, before. Um, it will simply be more of an extension of the same values that we find in the Bible. And so in that way, I just check it. Is it good news? Does it line up with the gospel? Does it line up with God's character? Because God never goes backwards on his promises. Mm. But the community that God has put me in um, is meant to be a, a guardrail for me, a sense of accountability and I have known more anecdotally than anything else that um, words that I receive personally in my own heart and spirit about you know what he's speaking to me for a certain season um, maybe aren't necessarily negated by community but are always refined by community. Sometimes mm. they're like, no, that's not that doesn't sound right at all. No mm. pointing back to the scripture, and that's good. That's a healthy process. But a lot of times it's not that they're just saying no. They're just saying let's refine that. And here's where we could be more clear on what he's saying. That's good. Community helps us hear God is what I just heard you say right there. Yeah. That's one of the, one of the guardrails, but I just heard you say 
yeah as a refinement they help us hear god they help us see what we might not be seeing when we think we're seeing or hearing yeah that's, absolutely that's really really good I've, I've, i remember that um passage of scripture that god's just saying the sheep will know my voice they'll that's know right. my voice and uh that's something we want to grow in in our communities as individuals as a church that we would grow an understanding his voice so so how i mean practically speaking what's that look like in a group hearing god's voice i mean can you give can you walk me through like practically what does that look like how does that work so we're going to use something in city groups um, and in our church at large called the stirring circle um, and uh, the stirring circle is something that I learned um, through a guy named Mike Breen who is just like really um, after discipleship culture both in Europe and the United States and the stirring circle is just it's not a holy sanctified kind of set apart thing it's just a set of questions that help us process well what God is saying together in community and according to the Bible so, um, yeah, the stirring circle is something you'll see. It's going to emerge in city groups as we move forward. Um, it's something that you can do one-on-one. It's something that you can do in the context of three, five, seven. The bigger the crowd, the harder it is to really get good stirring circles going. Um, but it's also something you can take outside the group and do with your spouse or do with a one-on-one for, for coffee. But stirring circle, circle, I think, is essential. This process is essential and especially drawing in those two things, word and community, into the process of hearing what God is saying. So what I think we would do today in terms of just listening to the podcast and, and uh, feeling out what the stirring circle would look like is to talk about it with you and kind of walk um, you through the process a little bit to hear what it would look like in real time. Okay. So uh, you ready for, for that? Let's do it. Yeah, just as an um, outline, as a preview, um, we have uh, just three different questions, kind of three different handles that we want to talk about today in hearing God's voice. Now, as you mentioned before, next time we're going to talk about the other side of the circle, the far side of the circle, which is going to be the last three steps in terms of acting out on what we've heard. But today we're just focused on hearing what God is saying. Um, and so let's say we're at coffee, let's say we're at city group, and we're just doing a one-on-one and we're talking about life. The question that I'm going to ask in terms of helping Chris hear what God is saying is just this simple statement. What is God saying? What is God saying to you? You might say it another way, like, uh, what's God been teaching you? How has God been speaking to you? What have you been learning or what's stirring in you? But probably the best way to say, uh, start this conversation off is just ask Chris, Chris, what's God been saying to you in your life? Yeah. Uh, that, that is a stirring question for me. Uh, I would say it's, it's actually kind of like a merger of, of a few things. One uh, our families felt like we are called to move, um, downsize, and in a sense be more sojourners, like um, renters rather than owners, in a sense, right here in Greenville. And I mean that literally, but also very much in the figurative. And so we felt like that's what God's been saying. Uh, and talk about this podcast, it's perfect, you know, hearing God. We haven't sold our house yet, and that's been, it's taking a lot longer than we even imagined. And so we have started to say, like, God, are you saying something else? And so we've been kind of in that tension place, I guess you'd call it, that middle ground of going, we think you said this, but we're trying to hear if you're saying something different. So, uh, and we're kind of one foot in and one foot definitely <laughs> still dragging behind us. So we're asking God, what is he saying right now? Um, that's kind of where we are. I don't know if that helps that's answer great. the question. Is that the right kind of answer? Yeah, that's a okay. great start. That's, that's, you'll get all sorts of ranges. If you were to ask anyone in our church or beyond, what's God saying? You're going to get lots of different responses. Some of them are going to have scripture. Some are not. Some are going to be well-refined, which Chris is pretty well-refined there, but some are not, and sometimes it's going to take longer. 
But the first thing we always want to do is watch out for the first step, which is observation. Uh, observation just means collecting facts, asking what, what's happening, what are the details in life. If we don't collect good observations as we try and discern what God is saying, a lot of times we can really just start honing in on feelings and not reality. Uh, and so let's make sure to focus on what are some of the key observations, not just all, but what are the key observations of, of the story here. So going back to what Chris is saying, we're just talking about a transition in life. We're talking about moving from owning a house to renting one. Um, you know, one observation that I would want to know if I'm being a good friend to Chris is just to ask him, um, probably two different things come to mind, location and finances. I'm just going to ask him about how he feels about those because that's going to head us into the second step, which is reflection. So um, I'll ask you that question first, Chris. I don't know if you mentioned it, but tell me about, you know, where you're, where you're headed in terms of ge geography. What would this mean for your life? And um, is that excite you or not? That's kind of yeah. what I would ask you. I think, uh, well, we're headed downtown, downtown yeah. Greenville, uh, which is where City Lights is. It's where we do ministry. It's where we do a lot of life, but we haven't lived there. And we've been in the upstate since 2001. So we've been, we've felt a tug to come downtown for, well, since we've moved here. And now it's uh, a door opened. Uh, the door really opened up to us. And we walked through a little bit and kept walking and kept walking and kept walking. And it really feels like, I don't want to sound too uh, biblical church words, but it just feels like the Lord just um, has, has, prepared a table before us mm -hmm. and opened up territory, if you will, and, and just given us a, a, an amazing group of people already that we're cared for, caring for and connecting with. It's an amazing backstory. Um, so that's huge. I think you mentioned the financial piece. Um, well, if we can sell our house or even close to what we're thinking, we're going to be able to pay off, um, Lord willing, all of any kind of financial debts that we have, just all of it paid awesome. off. And so we're moving and downsizing, um, we're literally being better stewards. And so I, I, for us, it feels like the things we've read in the scripture that we've longed for are starting to move forward. But it's been, you know, we're selling everything and not, mm -hmm. and not only we're renting. We're, uh, I mean, there's a lot of change happening, but it just feels like gospel change um, as far as how God's leading our family and the way we read the scriptures is uh, give away and live more simply and be people focused rather than maintaining things you own. And mm -hmm. so for us, it's just a big answer to I think a lot of the itch we've had for for years yeah. about how we'd like to apply our faith yeah so um the temptation at this point in the conversation this is kind of a Zach Morris pause not that I'm gonna oh, like you that. know stop <laughs> stop the conversation uh at any at any given point but just as a kind of what I'm thinking as I'm hearing Chris and maybe what you're thinking as you're hearing Chris um is you know there would be a temptation to rush ahead and say oh well all is good news because God is speaking and you're following um, but the second step of the uh, learning circle or the stirring circle um, is to not just talk about what is happening, but also to talk about the why is it happening. And, and really, when I say that in reflection, how do you feel as that's happening? Because I think in Christian uh, circles, we can really just jump to kind of like, well, he said it, and so I'm doing it, and so my feelings mm -hmm. don't matter. Well, Ultimately, yeah, we don't listen to our feelings. We do listen to his word, but that doesn't mean that feelings don't matter. So the reflection side of the circle after observation is reflection is really the time when we want to evaluate the heart and see that um, sometimes God's word um, hits us and it's easy to follow and sometimes it hits us and it's hard to follow at times. Mm -hmm. So let's make sure to always reflect and ask the question, um, you know, how do you feel about that or why do you feel that way or tell me where your heart is on that. Um, so that's exactly what I'd ask you, Chris. I'd say it sounds like you've got a lot of transition going on. I hear a lot of hopefulness, a lot of sending from the Lord, which has obviously got to be really galvanizing for your family and momentous. 
Um, but at the same time, you know, um, how's your heart on that? Are you mainly feeling excited? Are there also some uh, limitations or, or uh, worries at all? Yeah, you know that... Um you know that little game where there's like five of those marble or steel balls and you pull one out and it's on a string and it hits it and right. taps it one way and kind of just runs the gamut. Uh, one moment in our house, we're exhilarated. We're so excited. The next moment in our house, we are massively anxious. And, yeah. and it's been tough. Like if we decide what emotions are, what emotions we're feeling and make that, let that be the, the, the test of what we do, uh, part of the day we'll take our house off the market and hunker down. Because mm-hmm. and, and, we have every creature comfort there you can imagine. And then the other sense of like, we just got to get rid of all this stuff. Let's just give the house away and let's move. And so emotionally, we've, we've needed to have more of a rudder than, uh, than really dealing with our emotions. Because, and, and I think the rudder has been, did you call us into this, God? Because our house hasn't sold. And again, that's just, I know that's one part, but that's a huge part. At least it feels that way to us. Mm-hmm. So it's real. Now, listen, I'm, I am more of a, I'm not saying that the rest of my family isn't hope-filled, but I, I usually can see beyond and I, mm-hmm. and I, I can get attached to where we're going and forget where we are. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, part of our process, though, we're a family, family of five. And so we process this opportunity and this decision. I felt called to it first, shared it with my wife and said, I'm not going to force you into it. Let's think about it. Let's pray about it. And we did. And then we started to bring it to our children and said, we all have to be on board. And we started to step into those things. So, um, so, uh, so it sounds like you're saying that uh, there's a lot of mixed emotions um, for uh, what God is doing and where you guys are at, which is completely, you know, uh, normal. And for the sake of our conversation, I think it's really great to realize that people are not just one feeling or one emotion or the other and to really try and understand, which is why I would say beyond the reflection step, a really great sentence to always use or beginning of a sentence is, so what I hear you saying. Mm-hmm. Um, because to try and move somebody into feeling resolved on what God is saying it's really significant that we empathize and understand where their heart is completely, the entire story, and not just project what we think or what we would expect mm. on their story to really allow that person to have a voice. So just as a review, we've had some observation. Chris is moving. Um, he's expectant. Um, he's going downtown. He's moving away from owning and moving to renting. So those are the kind of most essential observations. Then we moved into reflection, which is how do you feel about it? And Chris really talked about this kind of uh, pendulum swinging you know, contraption you'll see on executive desks or whatever that talks about the emotional roller coaster really of what's going on for him and his family and even the dynamic of him feeling different ways from his from his family um, and so there we have um, a really great uh, picture of you know where the arm fields are at and where Chris is at and so I just need to be in prayer and, and you would be in prayer too if you were me of what's God saying and what's probably the most significant and what's the weightiest thing of all those things? It is, is it his relationship with his wife? Is it his relationship with his kids? Is it this calling that God has given them? Is it all three? Um, you know, all three of these could have different conversations and the Lord would have words for all three. But in our conversation, what would he have us talk about today? Um, the third thing we would do want to talk about then is discussion. That's where we're headed to discern the answer to some of those questions that I just brought up. Um, as we discern together and by discussion... Um, I am saying, Chris, your discussion with me, but I'm also talking about your discussion with other community not here and your discussion with Upwards, the the Father that loves you, most importantly, Upwards, Mm -hmm. the Father that loves you. Um, So inside of this discussion with the Bible, discussion with the Holy Spirit, the the Father above as well as community around you, what do you sense is like the the sturdiest, most um, uh, heaviest, weighted word that that really comes to mind when you're discerning through and sifting through all the different voices in your head what do you feel like 
the voice of the Lord is saying, despite all the voices around you? Yeah, I, I continue to feel drawn to the biblical word sojourner or mm-hmm. exile, uh, word like pilgrim and alien, stranger. Yeah. They're all synonyms, basically, in the scriptures, which are saying, this is not home, this is not home, your citizenship's at home. That's helped us lose comforts. Mm. Um, I would say, uh, when we think about Jesus and how missionally focused he was to redeem us and then launch us into redemption, I just think, God, if we're going to move, could you position us around people who need people like us? And it's not that City Lights doesn't need us, but when I sit in a room with all Christians, um, I want to. I love it, but I also want to leave it. Yeah. And I want to hit the streets. I want to go talk with people who don't know Jesus. Good. And and so I part of the sojourning, the the like being being sent. You know, like I, I just feel like every time I'm with God, he he I have an intimate exchange with him and with people. But then there's this moment of I got to share this with somebody. So uh, Jeremiah 29 has been huge for me in the last several months. Just um, we're sojourners and we're meant to be sent in the sojourning and we're supposed to seek shalom. We're supposed to seek the well-being of God, mm. but it actually says to seek it for the people in the city, not just for our own family. So that's a huge goal for us in renting. We, we have a whole community that we seek shalom with and, and we're going to do that. And we're pretty stoked about doing that. So, yeah, well, um, what I, you, you, I, you know, obviously you hear the, the voice of the Lord well, and you've been walking with the Lord for a long time and doing ministry. And so it kind of just goes to show that this conversation very quickly um, was able to discern what the Lord is saying. Sometimes I think it might take longer, and I want to invite people listening as we walk hand in hand with one another to take time and not insist that we always come to conclusions. But this conversation is very conclusive, and I'm hearing Chris basically say, hey, um, in being a son, I'm also a sojourner. Um, my sonship means that my home's somewhere else. I belong mm-hmm. somewhere else. And so um, in my time down here, I want to give my life away. And the way that I can give my life away best is by downsizing and moving to this apartment and, and just and, and going forward in this thing. What I loved about what Chris said is, A, it's biblical. You heard all the scripture there. B, um, it had community in it. So he's obviously been in conversation with his family and others and the father. Um, and C, here's the, the other one that, that really emerges now for the first time that I want to make sure that we talk about is that it's good news. Um, uh, ultimately, that the, the Lord is speaking through the lens of the gospel, through the cross, and everything that once it hits the cross is always good news. If it's not good news now, it will be good news later. And so the idea that I'm being sent on a journey with the Father that loves me is good news to him and his family. And so um, I just think that sometimes in our hearing of the Lord's voice, we can hear the no way before we can hear the yes. And in terms of walking out faithfully, Man, listening to the Lord, I found, Chris at least, is so much more about saying yes to something than saying no to something. Oh, yeah. And so if we could really discern in our community to make sure that we're not walking out on no's, don't, you know, stop doing this or stop saying that or stop watching this or stop. Well, he is telling us no to a lot of things, but ultimately every no is geared fundamentally towards a yes, a yes to him, a yes to his kingdom, a joyful life that we're not going to outgive him, that he wants to give us something. And our surrender is ultimately a... a um, uh, uh, an acceptance of his generosity. So I do hear good news on it. I'm prepared then as Chris's friend to cover him in that way and to, to remind him of that good news when bills come in or when, you know, deals fall through or whenever stresses would, would, would hit his life to say, well, just, just remember that yes is worth it. That yes that you are saying, um, you're affirming that the Lord has spoken 
is worth all the cost. So yeah, just as, a, as we close, remember next week we are going to talk about some more steps of this stirring circle. We're about 180 out of 360, if you can picture that, around the circle. We've heard what God has said, basically that, God, that Chris is a sojourner. Um, and next week we're going to talk about obedience. Um, but for now, this is what I've heard so far as, as far as takeaways goes. Uh, number one, God speaks through um, all the time, but he speaks best through community in the Bible. And so do you have these guardrails, uh, a rhythm in your life of hearing community speak back to you in dialogue as well as the written word of God? Number two, um, is, is the thing that you're hearing, is it clear and is it good news? Um, does it sound like uh, the type of message that you know, Jesus paid for, the type of message that reflects the gospel that we are being given grace daily by him? And lastly, um, another takeaway uh, that really doesn't get illustrated here, but I would love to at least uh, describe, um, is that not every conversation is like the one we just had. A lot of conversations are going to happen over six months. They're going to happen over a a year, and we're going to have to go backwards around the circle just as much as we go forward. And so allowing this process to breathe, not rushing people around the circle, um, will be an an integral uh, piece to how we do this really, really well. But... um, uh, thanks so much for, for being able to listen to this. Um, my prayer and uh, expectation and hope, I know that as we hear God's voice, um, he is going to just set us up on a firm foundation and, and help us to stand even when trials were to hit us. So bless you and uh, talk to you real soon. Adios.